You're listening to 89.5 FM KOPN Columbia, mid-Missouri's source for in-depth news, diverse talk and music of the world. It's not just radio, it's community radio on the web at kopn.org. And this is Speaking of the Arts. and welcome to Speaking of the Arts on KOPN, an hour of news, views and interviews on the arts in mid-Missouri. I'm Diana Moxon. On today's show, Audra Sergal and Eric Myers join us in the studio to talk about this weekend's Midmo Pride Fest and their performance with the Chorus Community Choir. And later, we welcome another glamorous friend back to the studio when Muffy Beaverhausen, Demanda Respect and Veronica Versace fill us in on all that is happening at the Yin Yang Club, both for Pride Weekend and beyond. But first, welcome to the studio, Audra and Eric. Hello. Oh, hello. I can't quite see Audra. She's <laughs> <laughs> behind a microphone. That's my big head. <laughs> Audra, you know that once you've been on the show four times, you have to take a turn hosting the show. So uh, <laughs> who would be your first guests, I wondered? If I, if I were going to have, if I were going to host the show, gosh, that is tricky. Um, I'm probably you. <laughs> it would be only fair. It would be only fair. Sutu might be fun. Sutu would be a fun one for sure. Sutu. I don't think I've had Sutu. I haven't had Sutu on the show. I don't know. Maybe we should get her in. Um, so this weekend is Pride Weekend here in Columbia. So define for me what that means to you. Uh, well, I mean, for me as a human, I think that it's just important that we have a, you know, a place where we all come together and as a community. And I, I love the fact that we're going to have different booths and things to be able to, um, for places in town who are LGBT friendly and LGBT supportive, to be able to come together and to say, hey, we're all here in one place. And so there's just going to be a lot of resources in one place, which I love. Um, but I also just love the sense of community coming together and saying, hey, hey, we're all in this safe space together. And that part's going to feel really great. And this has been going on here in Columbia for, what, 14, 15 years, something mm -hmm. like that? It's getting increasingly bigger, though. It was it kind of was a small operation for a long time. And now it's getting to where I love the addition of Rose yeah. Music Hall being a part of it. Um, Where was it in the past? Was it downtown? It, there was. It was downtown. It was kind of over in the Deja Vu parking mm -hmm. lot oh, over right, yeah. there, kind of, kind of by Flatbridge Park. Flatbridge Park. Yeah. So this is a much better venue. Now, is it inside at Rose Music Hall, or is it outside at Rose Park, or is it across both? I areas? believe that it's in the it's in the park area. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. outside. In ninety six degrees, <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be a hot one. Yeah. So and you we know, perform at three, so it's gonna be, <clears throat> pardon me, really, really hot. Yeah. Okay, hot. that is. Yeah. But come anyway. Just yeah. To, it's a good time to wear some booty shorts, you know? Yeah. It's a good time to wear your pride gear. You're probably going to see some interesting fashions anyway. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Come on out. Go as on. long as I made a cotton and not nylon. You probably don't want to be out in nylon on Saturday. <laughs> so Pride's origins are as a protest movement born through the protest at Stonewall Inn in New York in June 1969. How has the movement and event changed over the, you know, f what is that, 50, over almost 50 years ago now that Stonewall oh, happened? Wow. It's gathered, it's gathered momentum, it's changed its focus, it's become, I guess, more mainstream, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the fact that, it's, uh, that it has become more mainstream is a huge thing. Um, I think about it all the time when I, I think about 25 years ago when I was first teaching, and, well, not first teaching, but when I was coming out, and then when I first started teaching 20 years ago, I did not come out because I knew that it would be an issue for parents and for people in the school and things like that. And so it was one of the things where I, I stayed closeted um, out of safety for my job. Um, and now I think 
about the way that I live now and being out and and advocating and being an activist in, in a musical way, a musical activist. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there should be a word for that. But yeah. anyway, besides <laughs> musical activists, but thinking of it that way. And then you get, and just thinking about how far we've come. And I think for me as a person, that's where pride really fits in. You know, that every time that you you see someone else, it gives you permission, you know, and we need that as a culture. And we need it as a group of people to say, you can be whoever you want to, you know, from everything as, you know, far as far and outlandish to, to, to not, you know. Unfortunately, talking about pride, you know, today, this, this week, we unfortunately are living in a time that is a little scary. And so I think pride is really important for us, for me specifically, in these uh, troubling Trump times. <laughs> it, you know, it seems like we have made so many advances over the last 50 years, but at the same time, it feels like for every advance that is made, there are a couple of steps backwards. I, yeah, I agree. And so, I mean, like you say, you can be out and be an activist because you own your own business, you mm-hmm. are your own person, you're not beholden right. to an employer, but for a lot of people, yes. they can't no. be that yet. No, and even, you know, my partner and I are married legally in Illinois because it wasn't legal at the time in Missouri yet. And so with the new administration and with specifically some of the things that have been happening in our country, we thought the other day, you know, we should probably just go down to the courthouse and get married again in Missouri. So that way, if our state decides if it goes back to the states if this doesn't stay the same we would actually still be married in missouri and so it's just that really weird (laughs) it's that weird thing where you think well no that wouldn't happen yeah it could and so events like pride make you remember no we are moving forward even if sometimes it looks like we're not we are and when we come together we know we are i i wish that i had been at the first pride um so i don't know how your question was how it's changed and i don't really i don't know but i do know i think we're probably all coming together with a very similar spirit you know, to be seen, have our stories heard, to come together and in and, and a sense of fellowship. I mean, it, it has become a global movement, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, across all countries. And even though in America we maybe feel like things aren't going quite the way that we'd like them to, mm-hmm. compared to what it's like to be uh, an LGBTQ person in Uganda or in Russia, Indonesia or yes. Russia, yep. then we have made great strides. And what happens here ultimately, hopefully, filters into those other countries and helps those people develop their own movements and have their own power in their mm-hmm. countries too. So, I was watching, uh, watching YouTube the other day and I, it was the Gay Milk Chorus who was, they were singing in Moscow mm-hmm. and they were singing We Shall Overcome. Mm-hmm. And I just got so, I'm probably gonna get emotional now, but I got so emotional thinking, wow, in Russia, that gay male chorus is up there singing We Shall Overcome, and they had a beautiful soloist with them that was from Russia, a pop star there. And as I was watching, I just thought, okay, if we can do it there, you know, it's happening. But it is, you're right. We are, the fight's still there, but yeah. In the United States, June generally is considered Pride Month, and Pride events take place across the country over the various weekends. Why does Midmo Pride Fest take place in August? What a great question. (laughs) Do we know? Because it's hot as hell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we want to kill everyone. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. I I don't know, but my guess is that because the students are back, that they can then participate and get to know... Kind of what's going on in the gay world here in Columbia, especially for those folks who are freshmen, and it's kind of like, you know, New. like a 
orientation, like a gay orientation. <laughs> Solid <Kanye>. theory. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that unless anybody yeah. can yeah, tell exactly. us differently. <laughs> now, your specific involvement this weekend is with The Chorus, which was founded in November 2016. And Audrey, you are the artistic director. And Eric, you are one of the board members and also in the choir. Yes. Tell us what The Chorus is and how it came to be. Uh, the Chorus came to be after the Pulse shooting in Orlando. I, we had a vigil here in Columbia, and it was wonderful. It was a wonderful vigil, and um, Violet Vandahar was there, and she sang, um, actually, uh, I think it's one of the songs that we're going to be doing. So it, it was a fantastic event, but when we left, I just kept asking my partner, where was the choir? We need a choir. We need to have peop all people of all different people coming together and singing, like, or we need to start, like, singing social justice songs more often so that we have something to do you know I, I don't know that when we get a group of people together aside from the national anthem that we have music that we sing um that we all know in churches yes and you know <laughs> we all know the national anthem but just knowing more music collectively together that we can sing in moments of despair in moments of celebration so i called a friend and said if i started a gay choir would you come and play piano and so Anthony Hernandez said of course I'm like great and I called a couple other friends and said I'm gonna need to have a board would you sit on an advisory board low commitment and Eric said yes and Robin Anderson said yes and my dad said yes um, so we started there and now we are over two years in which is very exciting and getting into a place of well almost two years November will be two years yeah, it feels like that because yeah. we've had two seasons <clears throat> right have, yeah. that's really where it was born how it came to be and now it's a total collective effort with a board and also being on board with the center project and um the their board has been phenomenally supportive and and gracious to help so now we're under their umbrella of a 5013c and we have you know all the queers are kind of in one place and we have our resources together which i think is really powerful how many people are in the choir is it a, is it a stable number or does it fluctuate and people come and go we stay at right around 30 um, and people do come and go. Um, our first rehearsal for the new season is coming up on September 9th. So anyone can join. It's, oh, it's open open enrollment. And it will stay that way until about mid-October. And then we're preparing for a concert. So you can still come and sing, but it may, you may not feel ready to perform when we do. But Is choir direction something that was in your life plan? Had you, had you managed choirs before or conducted <laughs> choirs before? Or was this kind of a new venture for you? Because you are so talented and you well, do so many things. <laughs> Wow, the shucks. So Thanks. you probably just picked it up as you went along. No, absolutely, actually, absolutely not. Um, I was um, uh, raised by a band director. I was in choral music from the time I was a tiny child, and that's actually what I went to school for. So my degree is in vocal music education, and at the time, especially in the '90s, you were vocal music education meant you're going to go teach choir or voice lessons. That's what you're going to go do in the world. So conducting was actually a huge part. And my master's is in vocal music education too. So we did conducting there. And it's actually, when we started doing that, I hadn't conducted in years. Um, so when in master's, my master's program, I was like, well, God, I don't know how I'm gonna do this again. And they'd all been conducting, they conduct every day, but I'm like, unless it's from a pit orchestra where I point at the drummer, that's about all I had done. So I had trained to do it when I was younger, but this was definitely something I didn't think I would do as a part of my, as a part of being a freelance musician. I still don't believe that I'll be the artistic director for long. I, for the entire time, for me, this vision has been to start it, get it to where it's stable with funding and get us, you know, get us going. And then it's time to pass that baton literally to someone else and say, you go and I will happily sit on the board or happily sing. Um, but just to let it have a, have it 
give it a place to start and grow and then let someone else take it to bloom. Um, that's always been kind of what I envision. Eric, you sing in the choir. Is that is your background musical education too? Um, I started off in music, and but I'm never always sang and <clears throat> still love to sing. And, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about just a little bit ago about the sort of the genesis of the chorus, whenever Audrey came to me, you have to remember that we were devastated, you know, after the Pulse massacre. You know, it was really hard. And sorry, um, it was really hard. And it, we needed mm-hmm. healing. We needed um, community. We needed we needed to sing about it, you know. Yeah. And for, for me, I was so on board, you know, going back to something that I love to do. And, and being in a choir, you know, I mean, obviously it's a group group effort, but I mean, there's like a camaraderie, you know, yeah. like a bond in choirs. It's a little bit different. Like you get those kind of bonds in, you know, musical theater and choir and band. Um, it's something really special. You know, we were talking about the times that we're living in. This choir makes it where I can get up in the morning. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's something that we that I need. Yeah. Sorry, not to get all emotional and weird, but anyway, go chorus. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a power in raising voices together as a group yeah, and the is. bond that that creates, not only within the choir but to the audience yeah. and to the mm-hmm. wider community. And as that bond, you know, grows, the, the choir, the sound becomes better and. Yeah. All that, you know, all those beautiful things can happen. Do you see the chorus as being active exclusively within the LGBTQ community or is your vision for something broader within the community so you're performing at other sector events around the community? I'm, the more intersectionality that could happen with the chorus, I would be so thrilled about that. Um, I've, our mission is to support LGBT communities and, and to to educate and to... Uh, fight for social justice. That's our mission, but we absolutely collaborating with other people, and you know that's of course. So you're available yeah. for hire. Yes, right. We are. We <laughs> are. You, you know, you don't have to be gay to be in the chorus. You can no, it's just totally ally. for allies. Yeah, yeah don't absolutely. Don't come if you don't like gay people. Probably <laughs> gonna be a good, not going to be a good fit. That's going to be uncomfortable. But we definitely have <laughs> a little bit. Not for us, but for you. you yeah. um, I would say that you know we have several members of our chorus um, that are straight. Yeah. Or, you know, by yes. or all, all the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of repertoire do you have? What music do you sing? Play? That's a really interesting... Um, I, I love that you asked that because we, the music is secular in nature. The choral tradition has been so long sacred and based out of the church. Um, we're doing primarily secular music, um, which has been an interesting thing to, to, to not use sacred music. The choral tradition is so based on that finding new literature and constantly one of the things of me just scouring the internet and scouring the websites of of queer and LGBT composers and allies and and um, there's a phenomenal resource called Gala which is an alliance of queer of queer choirs so that website's been phenomenally helpful because they're like hey this is how this is some of the composers that we know are really working to per, to put out music for the cause you know and there's also a wonderful array of classical music so we we do everything from pop to jazz to you know Broadway to choral traditional music that's not based from the church you know but making sure that everyone feels welcome and that it's not about um, whatever religion or whatever spiritual belief you have that this is this is a completely non-denominational there's no even though we are held at unity of columbia and that's where we rehearse we're not affiliated with them in the sense of being attached it's a completely non-religious yes yes group 
And I know that Unity doesn't think of themselves as a church anyway. You think of them as a center. Unity community yes, spiritual center. Spiritual center. Yeah. Well, um, I know you have some incredible power voices in the chorus, and of course I'm thinking of Rashara Knight. I always think of her like Columbia's Aretha Franklin. She, she is. She, because voice. she is. <laughs> yes. And you have Adam McCall, yes. uh, which is awesome. So let's listen to a little piece of music. Uh, this is called Somebody to Love, and it's by the Chorus Choir featuring Rashara Knight on lead vocals. Mike, take it away. to Love by the Chorus Choir featuring Rashara Knight on lead vocals and you can hear the Chorus Choir at the Midmo Pride Fest this weekend. They're on stage about three o'clock. Audrey, the Chorus website describes the choir as an unauditioned community chorale. Now this might be an obvious question, but what does unauditioned mean? It means anybody can come and sing even if you can't sing. Would that not sound a bit off no not at all that's <laughs> really? i think that's the great part about it there are there are several places community choirs in town and a lot of them are what we call all call you know so you can just come and you can sing and it's really about 
um, you come and you do your thing, and then it's the artistic director. You know what I mean? That and the musicians that are in the room. We we create something together, and that's the the whole thing. But what if you have somebody who's totally tone deaf with a really loud voice, and all you can hear is this off key <laughs> voice? I I have I have never had that experience in all my years of singing and choral music. But I will say, if that were to happen again, it would be the artistic director's job to make that not be a, a problem for the whole group, right? <laughs> you may talk privately, you know. <laughs> I feel like the people who maybe are not the best singers are probably not singing very loud exactly. you know I mean? they're, not they're usually the they're ones not opening their mouths yeah, yeah. when yeah. i read that and i thought i must not quite understand what the word unauditioned means <laughs> no you're <laughs> correct I imagined all these bad voices and i've heard you on the website so i know that you have a great series of a series of voices there but i thought i'd ask the question <laughs> anyone's welcome so back in november last year you held a concert at unity center called make america gay again yes which celebrated american lgbtq composers Mm -hmm. So who were some of the composers I wondered that you featured in that show? Well, Stephen Sondheim, of course. Um, And then uh, we featured Craig Hella Johnson, even though the piece was by Carly Simon, Let the River Run, one of her tunes. uh, Craig Hella Johnson is a queer composer that is doing amazing work. And so we featured him. He had arranged the tune. And part of the reason is that we're getting ready to collaborate with Nolly Moore in the Columbia college choir, Jane Froman Singers, to do a work called Considering Matthew Shepard, which is basically, a, 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 I think it's a full, it's a full work, so um, a full choral work that basically takes you through the entire death of Matthew Shepard. And last year was the 20, 20th anniversary of his death, and so we had talked about doing it last year, and then the composer was like, I'm not ready yet. And so we're hoping to actually bring Mr. Johnson here to work with the choirs and have that be a collaboration. So Nolly and I are really excited about that coming up, um, just to honor Matthew Shepard and also to perform this work by a queer composer about you know such a such a huge I would I would say moment in the queer queer community. With, with and Matthew Shepard was the young man in Laramie, yes. Wyoming, who was murdered yes. twenty years ago. Across many genres of music, the opportunity to get your compositions heard if you are LGBTQ or female or Mm -hmm. a person of colour or from another minority community is an uphill slog. We had two international female new music composers on the show a few weeks ago and they're very active in finding outlets for female Mm -hmm. voices, composition voices. And often if you do get a commission as a female or non-white male, Mm -hmm. you're going to get paid less for the commission than another person would do. So I wonder what conversations are being had within the LGBTQ communities to find more opportunities for underheard voices. Oh, thank you just for, for even asking that question because I, when we were doing Make America Gay Again, one of the things that I kept coming back to was I, I didn't know. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that this is a queer composer, but they're so new or um, they they aren't seen enough yet to know that they don't have a biography on Wikipedia. You're going to call them and ask them if they're gay. I mean, that's, you know, kind of an awkward thing. So um, we actually did commission works. I wrote a piece. Our accompanist had written something called Song of the Universal that we featured. And so we tried to use some local people. And then I reached out to people that I knew individually through, one was through the Unitarian Movement. And so it was just that that way to say, I want it to be people who we haven't heard, but their music is great. They're just not the Mac Huffs of the world. They're not the, um, they're not the people who have arranged so much music that we all know their name. 
you, does that make sense? Right. Well, yeah, arranged I mean, or written so much music where you're like, okay, I can, there are people there. So it was really, it was about digging. And when I mean digging, I think the concert was in November. I started looking at that material at least in May, if not June, to start finding composers. Right. We've got about one minute left, so just give us a quick rundown on who else besides the chorus is going to be at the Midmo Pride afternoon part of the weekend. Okay, so we do, we're at three o'clock, and then Violet Vandehar and her band, The Undercurrents, are going to sing a tune with us, two tunes with us, so that kind of meshes into her set. And we have the Blue Janes, mm-hmm. right? Give me some more. The Adaptations? Yeah, I, I know that they're the... the Drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race is going to be there, like for the later Morgan uh, McMichaels. portion of the night. Yeah, mm-hmm. Morgan McMichael's from mm-hmm. RuPaul's Drag Race. That's the only one that I know. Oh, okay. yeah. Vigilant Thieves. Yes, there you go. And Blue, we said Blue Janes, and yes. they're from Kansas City. I'm looking forward to hearing them. And this is, I think, it starts at one o'clock at mm-hmm. Rose Park slash Musical yes. tomorrow afternoon, and then it goes music all afternoon. There yep. are food trucks. There are community organizations there. Yes. Lots of things that you Tons people you can booths. talk to. And we'll be there with a the booth. Yeah, and if you come and sign up tomorrow. It's five dollars off the yes um, membership price. for the course. Okay, yeah. Great. So we're running a pride special that'll be cheaper if you pay for your semester front. And then at about six thirty, I think we can move into the pride royalty part of the evening, which yes. I will be talking about yes. with my next nice. guest. We can't wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and what are you singing tomorrow? What's your list of music for tomorrow? Do you We're singing that? one of Violet's originals called Speaker Truth to Power. We're singing um, I Can't Keep Quiet by Milk, uh, the one that went viral for the Women's March. We're doing I Choose Love, I Choose Love by Mark Beautiful Miller. Song. Yeah. So. Okay, yeah. 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And if people yeah. want more information about the chorus, you have a website. Yes, we do. And the address is? It is www.thechorus.wixsite.com slash Como. So the best thing to do <laughs> just is Google just the Google the chorus and, and hit it. The chorus and is spelled Q-U-O-R-U-S. Thank yes. you. I was about to say that. Q That's for perfect. clear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Audra Sergal and Eric Myers. Hear them tomorrow at Midmo Pride Fest, singing with the chorus on stage at 3 o'clock. You're listening to Speaking of the Arts on 89.5 FM, KOPN Columbia, and after the break, we'll be back with comedian and compare extraordinaire Muffy Beaverhouse, and along with the multi-talented Demanda Respect and Veronica Versace. You're going to want to stay tuned. Welcome back to Speaking of the Arts, and it is all glamour in the studio today with the return of Muffy Beaverhausen and a first time visit by Demanda Respect. Hi. Veronica Versace had, you know, a better offer. Can't believe she had a better she, offer, but you know, whatever. Never has any offer. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> now Muffy, it has been forever, darling, since you were here and thank you so much for bringing back a total legend with you. Oh, yes. oh, so nice Thanks. to meet Demanda. Oh, so um, nice to meet here. I want to come back every day. <laughs> Welcome to our compact yet bijou studio. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Can I just start out by saying that if I could be the queen of sparkles and dress in sequins every day, I would. I have a long-standing envy of drag queen wardrobes. Oh. You have the well, you best shouldn't. Props. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I think after as many years as I've been doing it, I'm like, here, here's yeah. all my stuff. Go. You can have it, girl. Like, Take it. Take it. And do you make most of your own clothes? I mean, or do you buy them? No, I don't make anything. Um, no, I steal all of mine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, uh, some of it I make, and some of it is made for me, and some of it is like, 
hand-me-down stuff. You know, it's all fun. We all kind of just wait around for the next dry queen to die, and then we pick through the stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're all waiting for Aida to go. Yeah, as soon as Aida's All gone. waiting. She has jewelry galore. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm sure Athena Voce has some very lovely outfits and hair. Yes, we can't fit into it. Get, she's harder to get from no. now that she lives in St. Louis. Okay. <laughs> and we can't fit into her stuff. She's yeah. like a size two. Now, if I were to be honored with a drag queen name, then I'm, I have a short list here, so okay. we're going to take a vote on it. Now, okay. I have to give full credit to my bestie in Australia, Guy Morgan, <laughs> who is a drag queen name powerhouse. He just churns them out like a factory. Um, so the first one is mine, Helen Highwater. Oh, I like it. I like that one. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, courtesy of Mr. Morgan, we have Pip Smear. <laughs> oh. And then, and then possibly my favorite, <laughs> Ellie Galalian. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. can, yes. can we have a vote on that? Um, is it going to be Helen I, Highwater? Pip I like Smear the, or Ellie Galalian? What was it? Pap Smear? Pip Smear. Pip Smear or Ellie Galalian. I, I'm going with that one. The Pip Smear. Anything to, anything to poke fun at that process, right? <laughs> I like that. I like Pip Smear. That's good. Okay. Oh, that's my vote, too. That's your vote. Okay. Yes, I like be, it. You could be Pip, Helen, High Water, Smear. You just combine them all together. <laughs> Muffy put extra things in her coffee this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Lord. I do especially appreciate you coming in today, as I know you are hugely involved with this weekend's Pride Royalty Fest. Oh, no, I quit. I'm done. Is that this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... It's. I had a text message from somebody last night, and they were like, um, hey, kid girl, can you do this? No, I'm in the eye of the storm. Leave me alone until next Monday. Like, I can't deal with anything outside of this right now. <laughs> yeah. So I heard earlier, whenever you were talking to your guests, you wanted to know why August had... Yes. Yeah, okay, so Pride in, is in August in Columbia. I was actually part of the, the planning committee when they decided that. I was very much against it. I'm burning you with a stake. I know, I was very much against it. But they do... They The reason is because the numbers that we have in August because of the students being here... So the theory, it, Eric's bigger. theory was correct. It was correct, Okay, yes. good, because the students are back. So we yes. know the big, you're reaching out to that community as yeah, well as It's the, a recruiting period, because <laughs> <laughs> you know we Ooh. recruit people. Get letters. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's in our gay agenda. Okay. <laughs> um, I think we have the same amount of students at the end of the school year in, like, I don't know, early May as we do in late August when it's, you know, 60 degrees as opposed to the fiery pits of... 96 degrees yeah. it's going to be on Saturday. Yeah. Well, at least you guys, you're performing in the evening, right? Yeah, but it's not going to really make a difference. Yeah. I'm gonna it's there. Missouri. I'm going <laughs> to... Since Ying Ying, we're sponsoring the VIP booth this year with Morgan McNichols, who they got from RuPaul's Drag Race. We're doing the... Um, we'll be... Our booth will be in the VIP area. And so I'll be there. I'll be there at noon tomorrow. They've got to have extra fans in the VIP area. They better. Yeah. I'm telling you, they need to get a window air conditioning unit to strap it to my back. And I'll carry it all day. <laughs> I'm bringing a block of ice. I'll be fine. <laughs> now you also have a pre-party tonight, mm -hmm. which yes. is the Nerdy Dancing Burlesque's Colors of Pride show. It is. It's and an I love your definition. You said uh, what burlesque is artful stripping minus nipples. Minus nipples. Which yeah. I always think is odd, given that we all have at least two, often three nipples and they're such a no-no. Mm. But anyway, what makes th what makes this group nerdy? Why they call they themselves that. Okay. <laughs> she watches lots of Big Bang Theory. Remy D is their, is their fearless leader, I guess, she's for lack amazing. of a better term. She's fantastic. You know, if you, like, 
have a science project you need worked on, she can do that for you. Like she's she's just a big nerd. She's a, she is a big nerd, but she's it's funny. She's hysterically funny and she's fun. Remy's one of those people where not everybody will necessarily get the humor because she's but I read her well and so I, I enjoy her and which is very important for a gay man who has to sit and watch minus the nipples <laughs> Muffy you're not a man girl I keep telling you you are ruining the illusion Muffy that's me so, and then tomorrow night, after the show at Rose Musical, then you're hosting the official Pride After Party with Flo, who's a regular performer at yes. Kansas City's Missy B. Yep. And I think I've seen her because I've been to Missy B's. So I, I wanted to know how much, when, you, when you're bringing all these people in from other cities, how much does everybody borrow and purloin from each other's routines? Um, not bad, not much really. We're, I mean, all drag is borrowed from somebody else. Me and Amanda are we came up right under Aida so you know which was like really any, hot like any good drag daughters but that are unclaimed we steal all of her stuff that we can possibly <laughs> steal that gets a laugh for her but no it's Flo does her own thing like she Flo is is Flo like and you, once you see Flo you'll never forget her mostly because she'll probably <laughs> stalk you on Facebook or be outside your bedroom window in the morning when you wake yeah, up you she's, have a restraining order against yeah. her by morning but, but yeah the, the queens that are in the show tomorrow night it's it's a diverse crowd so it'll be a very diverse lineup the pride royalty is at rose musical about 6 30 correct and then the party moves to yin yang around 10 o'clock tomorrow night well uh, to i'm sure that a pride board members are listening so in order to keep a smile on their face we are the official after party of, of minmo pride however rose musical hosts the um the, the pride event itself so at nine, when the show is over with, then the um, used pole fitness dancers are going to take over, and they are actually going to also hold a show at Rose. So, yes, while we will probably be packed and we will be the official after party, they are going to do something at Rose as well. So you have to spend all afternoon outside 96 Degrees mm -hmm. and then race down to Yin Yang, and is Muffy on stage tomorrow no. night? Muffy no, 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 no. Okay. Muffy, Muffy thought ahead this year. <laughs> Amanda's there. Amanda's there. So you'll truly be entertained. Yeah. I'm the glam of the party. <laughs> You're going to lose a lot of pounds tomorrow, Amanda. Yes, I will. I don't know that I can afford to lose much more. No, you're a little on the on the thin side. I ran Thanks. across the street and dropped I have, my pants. I've lost 51 pounds I, now. Oh, yeah? Good yeah. job. I thought well, you'd lost weight. I had a little heart attack at the end of May. And, yeah. And so... You did? Yeah. Wow. So I uh, put myself on a fairly strict diet. Wow. Well, she I'm, doesn't eat it all. I don't eat it all. I'm glad that you're here and you look you look marvelous. Well, thank you. It's the blank. <laughs> it's, so it's the makeup. What is happening at <laughs> Tell us about the Pride Royalty components of tomorrow night. Who is appearing? Okay, so the Pride show I'm hosting I'll be hosting the Pride show. Um Sheer of Fun Pleasure will be there. Our current reigning the City of Columbia. Sierra, which is like when you're when you're dealing with pageants in Columbia, the City of Columbia is the longest reigning pageant. And so that's our what we consider our symbol of excellence in Columbia. So Sierra will be there tomorrow night too. Sick name. And then, well, that's just because you're married to her. I am. Um, <laughs> and then our two, our, our pageant royalty. They did a we did a pride pageant in so long ago I don't remember. And basically, what it is, it's just a competition. The kings run for it, the queens run for it. We had a non-binary option this year. We didn't have anybody that that ran for that. Venus O'Hara won the Queen, and Ivan Licker won, which that name liqueur. Liqueur, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, it's liqueur, darling. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are the king, the Queen, the King, and so they. This is their 
they went and did the pageant, and now this is their big moment to be in front of the world. Which is an amazing moment. I had it last year. I loved it. Being Pride Queen was something that I always wanted to be. I just never could run for it because I ran the pageant for five years. And then I moved away for a little bit and came back. And being Pride Queen was like one of the most memorable experiences for me. And and Venus is doing a great job, I think, um, by getting people excited for it and stuff. So that's kind of like her job. She's like the face. When was that? They're both the face, actually. When did that happen? When do you choose the drag queen and king and queen? Was it? It was in June. We picked. We picked it in June. Yeah, it was the very last weekend of June. That's right. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And is it like a Miss America show where people come out and have to kind of do a little talent thing and? It's sort of like that. Yeah. I mean, you you keep it kind of entertaining and fun just because a lot of drunk people a lot of drunk people yeah and <laughs> they're drunk people a lot of the kids that do the pride pageant here also go on to do other pageants and so you got to give them some of that rigidity of what a pageant's going to be like but i mean it's not your local locally crowned person it doesn't carry the title doesn't carry outside of columbia and so you got to make it fun for them and give them give them something that they're excited about doing it for so yeah. that's basically what it is it's just the the people who cared enough to to work the hardest to, to want to be the symbols that the Minmo Pride Fest is putting forward this year as a royalty. Venus O'Hara is the drag queen and Ivan Liqueur yes. is the drag king. Talk to me about drag kings. Drag kings are um, anybody who wants to uh, take on the, the illusion of a, a hyper male illusion. You know, um, a lot of times it is a born female um, person who wants to give you that illusion of a male and sometimes they do characters sometimes they do a real gender fluid flamboyant illusion because it's an art form there's really no interpretation like solid interpretation of what that is but it's it's very what most cultures i guess would call male like dominated the sad thing, thing is, yeah. there's, we've got we've got quite a few kings in town here, and they work hard to do what they do, they really and do. they and they put on a good show. Most of most the time. of them put on a good show 100 percent of the time. They all try 100 percent all of the time, but they are not as followed as the queens are, and unfortunately, and when it, when you're scheduling shows and trying to keep a business open, you've got to schedule the people who bring in the people, and so it. it pleases me to be able to throw a king in but it's it's hard for them to get the same stage time and they're just as vitally important as the drag queens well, are. And, and Ivan since we're speaking oh God, of the pride king fantastic. he is really really like being the leader of that movement in Colombia of kings really bringing a huge package for each show because oftentimes what most people say are like the kings don't try as hard as the queens or it's not as much work but he's really been the one in Colombia who has put that foot forward of doing just as much work as the queens, which is really yeah. groundbreaking for kings in Colombia. He was telling me last night about the outfits and stuff that he has for the show tomorrow night, and I'm like, you're going to be better dressed than I am, like, which isn't hard to do, but <laughs> it, I'm, I'm impressed with him. Yeah. He does makeup like he, he he's good. He's great. He is really, he really good. Is. Vogue magazine had a great feature on drag kings in March issue this year, and they said that in the so-called golden age of drag, kings are frequently notably absent from the narrative. And then there's a famous uh, drag king, Spikey Van Dyke, mm-hmm. um, and she said, he said, even though we're part of the community, 
we're at the bottom of it. So I wonder how you know drag queens can change that. Well, basically for me, it's all about male empowerment, so I don't care what the kings. No, I'm kidding. That's not at all <laughs> it. It's it's basically what I said before is. The queens are in everybody's faces. You have a RuPaul's Drag Race. You can watch the stuff on the internet, on the television. Queens are what are put forward. Unfortunately, and it's not fair, but I know I can pack my bar with five queens. And I'm starting to learn. We recently started a new show called um, Zero Tux Given. And it's an all-king review. And Hmm. it's... I was leery of it. I I was afraid of it. And it was a success. These, These boys, for lack of a better term or the, I guess that is the term. Muffy, you're They're, bombing, girl. I'm, I'm you're so really tired. I'm here. so tired. Um, Take a nap. <laughs> the, these boys are, are the, the, the boys here are putting their hearts into everything they're doing and they're, they're making it a go. And I think I, it's great. Like it's, I'm glad to see them getting the prominence, at least locally. I, it needs to go further. It needs to be bigger, but they're finally getting, getting seen and I think that's great. I feel like RuPaul's Drag Race is really responsible for taking that, like leaving them out, taking that a bit further by saying, like glamorizing and making drag queens so much of today's pop culture. So much so that kings are having to do more catch up. Like they were catching up and now they have to do more because RuPaul's Drag Race, not that it's her fault, but she, you know, she doesn't involve the kings, therefore they don't have the same opportunity, the same plaque platform and therefore not getting really the same following from people like in the straight community who no other time would have ever gone to a drag show until they saw RuPaul's Drag Race and now they're fans of drag queens. And that is a shame that she has such a powerful platform with a global audience that she couldn't reach out and and do that for the drag king community and Uh, include a component in the show. She recently made some really poor choices about the transgender community as Mm -hmm. well, which I think she's correcting in a future season that they're... Yeah. yeah, I know. I regret she has, it a lot. She <laughs> has made some um, pretty outrageous comments earlier this uh, year. I know. I know she doesn't believe that. Certainly, that women, biological queens, should should be there, yeah. and there's no place on her show. And I think there had been an issue with a performer who was uh, about to undergo transgender yeah, surgery, peppermint, peppermint and yeah. she'd made some comment that it was okay because it was pre-surgery, and so yeah. she was still man enough yeah. to be on the show. Yeah. Um, I miss that. I'm not even a man, Miss Paul. <laughs> <laughs> she better be careful who she calls a man. I think I've got a quote here from her. She said, drag loses its sense of danger and its sense of irony once it's not men doing it. Because at its core, it's a social statement um, and a, a big finger to male-dominated culture. So for men to do it, it's really punk rock because it's a real rejection of masculinity. So yeah, I don't think um, she's been sitting too well with the transgender I, I mean, historically, so drag is dressed regularly as a girl. So I'm not agreeing with her, but I I see what... You see it I, I see everybody's school. side. I, see, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't... We are an inclusive society. This is 2018. Good Lord, you know, let's pull the sticks out right. of our um, things Stop. and go on about it. Like, it's everyone needs to be included. Everyone should feel important. Everyone should feel glamorous. Everybody should feel loved. And I love RuPaul, but I don't, I can't stand behind that. You know, like, right. I, it's our duty to with people, do not, not, not break them down. I do not agree with that statement either. I think that the big middle finger to society is people pulling together to celebrate individuality instead of being kept to themselves and looking down on other people that sort of thing it's just really 
Drag is a beautiful art form, and I yeah. think you know it should be available to everybody that wants to celebrate that yeah. idea. I agree. Yeah, yeah. We um, do kings, we do queens, we do bio kings, we do bio. Or we don't have any bio kings currently, but we do bio queens, which are female-born people who are doing drag. And I mean, the women can tear it up just as good as the guys can. There was an, another drag king that I was reading about who's very a big activist called Rain Dove, I think also out of New York, and uh, he, he had said, we're in a really complicated place in the world. There are more labels than there have ever been, and yet this yes. is the generation that's fighting against labels. It's very confusing, but I believe we're heading in a profound evolutionary direction. It's going to be exciting to see what the next 10 years are going to be like for us, but it's messy right now. Yeah, yeah. So how hopeful are you that we're heading in an evolutionary direction? You know, that's... I, I hope that's what's going to happen, but it's it's pretty hard when you know. Don't put me in a box, but I'm a, I'm a gay guy, or or I'm. Everybody puts themselves in boxes. Right. You know, they don't want to be in a box, and and I think it's what we're ingrained to do as a society is you know you follow the pack, follow the pack, be don't don't stand out. I hope that we get to that point where it's just we're just all us, and it doesn't matter what what you are, what you identify as, you're a human, and that's your title. Right. It would be nice if we were just all humans respecting other right. humans. I think our, our current political climate has Ooh. a lot to do with that, and our social climate is reflecting the political climate. I think um, it's popular now to display hate instead of, um, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, or come sit by me, <laughs> that kind of deal. Um, so I, I think that our political climate is responsible for a lot of that, and I, I think that we're seeing that as a society, we need to kind of not let the political climate decide how we're going to treat each other, but we should instead be nice to one another, be uplifting, that sort of thing. Which is why events like Midmo Pride Fest are so important Correct. because it brings everyone together in yes. a festival setting and we can all rejoice in the fact that we're all human beings yes. and we all belong. And here. it did originate as like gay pride from the Stonewall riots and all that and now it is a celebration of self, I think, and everybody is invited and everybody is included, but it's important to remember that it was a gay rights Right. But it's not first. called, like, for the... For this instance, it's not called Minmo Gay Pride. It's called right. Minmo Pride. Yeah, like, correct. Be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do and come out and show your sport and your love. Yes. We're there for you. We're here for it. So, Demanda, let me ask you, what is the most difficult skill to master as a drag performer? Oh, watching my mouth. Um, <laughs> there are so many times that you you have to keep your opinions to yourself sometimes. And I, I really, really, I still haven't mastered it. I was like, well, I don't know if you tell us that you've mastered that. No, but what I have mastered is the ability to manipulate any situation in my favor. So if I say something that's inappropriate, I'm like, well. You usually spin it pretty good. Yeah, I'm really good at it. That's, that is the hardest thing. When you, when, you, <laughs> yes. when you let your mouth write a check that your rear can't cash, but you can go ahead and cash it anyway. Generally, I can cash them, but yep. sometimes they bounce. I was going to say, uh, I would. I thought you were going to say something like, you know, lip syncing or, you know, makeup. Oh, no. Because lip syncing, let's talk about that. It's a staple of, of what you're able to yes. do, but I'm sure that it is way harder than it looks. To do it really well, how do you learn to do it well? Just liquor. practice in front of the mirror? Liquor. The answer is liquor. <laughs> liquor. <laughs> For well, Muffy doesn't lip sync. She's never. She doesn't ever know. My her whole words. thing is my whole thing is comedy. <laughs> You're a comedian, though, so yeah. I no, I'll stop lip syncing in the middle of a song to talk to the table and and, and poke fun at somebody. Like that's not. Yeah. My, I, yeah, the song's playing. It's great. I there's some songs that I will do from start to finish because it's an important song to me. Anything by the Dixie Chicks. Uh, <laughs> but most of the part, most of the time, 
for me, my connection has always been reaching out to the audience, and and that's one thing that has burned Aida for years. Muffy, you ruined the the illusion when you stop and talk to people. Yes, but I stop and talk to people, and the next time I'm out, they give me a dollar bill because I made a funny joke. So. I don't care about the She stops and eats chicken, so she can't say anything, girl. <laughs> yeah, I think that lip syncing is probably one of those skills that came easiest for me because when I was like a little young gay boy in Highland, Illinois, I was walking around in fields pretending like I was making a music video. So <laughs> I would have my little Walkman and I would just pretend like it was me making the, the music video. So it's kind of like that when you get on stage, you're just making a, a music video. Yeah kind of deal so it's the easy hardest for part me. is to strap two lazy boy sofa cushions to the back side of my body and walk around in <laughs> 14 pairs of pantyhose for four hours I agree. and heels, that's, <laughs> and heels. <laughs> yeah. that's hard to look at i do agree with that <laughs> now aside from everything that's happening this weekend muffy you are also working overtime putting together and another amazing lineup at yin yang yeah. for demanda's birthday extravaganza <gasps> yes. on yes. september the first so tell us what is happening that night um, Davina's having a birthday, but she's not special because everybody has one. <laughs> but we're making this one special for her. It's her 47th or 72nd. Well, how old are you? 92? 62. She's been around a long time. Good. Yeah. Um, and we have, from season two of RuPaul's Drag Race, because, you know, nothing brings about like a drag race girl and a local girl's birthday, Juju B, who finished in the top three of season two and then finished in the top three, three. of season all one stars. of all, all stars, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. she's, and she's my favorite. She's dynamic. Yeah, she's really good. This is my number two, so. Yeah. When That's, I, I mean, when, that must cost a lot of money to bring Juju B to Columbia. Oh, they take food stamps. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> no, my she's, food stamps. She's expensive. That's she why I'm so expensive. skinny this month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you bring a famous TV RuPaul star here, are they prima donnas to work with? Do they come with a long mm. list of what they will and won't eat? Is it take out all of the brown yes, M&Ms? Yes, they do. Actually, Lady Bunny was the worst. <laughs> and she's not a RuPaul <laughs> Drag Race girl. Um, the RuPaul Drag Race girls I found to be very, very amazing to work with. They've been very humble. Um, Jaden Dior Fierce has been my favorite. And Which we had at our anniversary party. Yeah. And then we worked with all, all of those girls. I worked with Chad Michaels before. I've worked with, I've met and worked with uh, Alexis Mateo. Um, so many of them. I can't think of them right now. But Lady Bunny was the worst. Yes. The I, legend was the worst. I did go and see And she Lady wasn't Bunny. awful. Yeah, you were there for Lady she, Bunny. Yeah, yeah she um, wasn't she, mean. She wasn't, she wasn't terrible to me. Like, I, I didn't she she ran me a lot, but it it wasn't she was it a, wasn't horrible. She thought she was being lazy girl. She had to put you to work. Jaden was <laughs> so when we went into the Lady Bunny situation, I was thinking, oh, this is gonna be like Jaden is because Jaden was in the dressing room with us and she was cutting it up and sistered and like we were gonna do a a, a group number together. And I didn't and want to. She didn't want to do it, so Jaden stepped in and did that. Like Jaden was phenomenal to work with, and she was even more fantastic when she was here locally. She's amazing. Like Lady Bunny was fun. Lady Bunny, what surprised me a little bit was that she lip-synced her own comedy monologue, which seemed a little... Is that usual? I think it's weird, but, you know, I think, like, if she needs a few drinks to get into that character, then it's good that she pre-recorded it and has it all, you know, choreographed in a sense. There was part of it she did live. Yeah. Yeah, She did do part of it live. When I went and picked her up, I picked her up from the airport in St. Louis, and on the way back, she had hosted a show the night before in New York. She got mm-hmm. off, went home, slept for two hours, got on a plane, flew to Columbia. Right. I picked her up. I took her to the to the bar. We did a sound check. She went to the hotel. She got ready. She came back. like she was yeah. exhausted. And she had another show to host on Sunday. So, so you yeah. know she has a fair enough. She was she was tired. She was <laughs> she told me her voice was messed up and she 
I'm not making excuses for her because I think she did what we needed her to do and she was she, she was, was great. good. She was great. She's an icon. It was I mean, it's amazing is. to be in Columbia, Missouri and to be able to yeah. see uh, such an icon live on our local stage. Yeah. Same with Juju B, who's coming in on September the 1st and also Morgan McMichaels who's going to be at Pride Who, Royalty I've tomorrow heard evening. Great. I've heard great. I've done research. We're, <laughs> we're looking. I'm not for sure how it's going to work out next, but it looks like maybe Trinity Taylor will be our next. Okay. Ooh. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Well, thank you for all that you are doing to bring such fantastic stars and interesting people to Columbia. People can see all of you girls tomorrow at Rose Musical for Pride Royalty part of the afternoon. You were there all day for Pride yes. for Midmo Pride Fest. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow evening, there is the official Pride after party at Yin Yang featuring Flo from Kansas City. You can also stay at Rose Musical. There are events going on there. And then go to the Yin Yang website and see all the other fun things that are coming let's, up. Let's do our Facebook page. Oh, Facebook page, Facebook Facebook page, page and page. see what else is coming up. Thank you so much, Muffy Beaverhausen and Amanda Respect. I am going to be seeing you again next week, of course, which I'm very excited about. And I'll see you all tomorrow, too. I brought her a free ticket. Thank you. You are a delight. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to probably go straight into a roundup of what is going on in Colombia over the next seven days. So tonight, we're going to start off the evening at the Bingham Gallery for the reception of the art show Friends with Benefits, which explores how teachers and artists can engage with online communities. The show creator, Bethany Irons, will give a curator's talk during the reception, and there is no cost to attend. And then later on, you can head over to Talking Horse Theatre, where the Stable Boys improv troupe are back on the boards tonight. The show, which is themed The Stable Boys Do Daytime, is an improvised lineup of daytime programming, including a new daytime drama inspired and co-created by the audience show starts at 7 30 and tickets are ten dollars and it's going to be a lot of fun later in the evening you can hear alt rock trio the many colored death and troy at rose musical at 9 30 or if you want a quieter night silent disco returns to the blue note with old man rager and co in the house for a midmo pride fest pre-party seven dollars gets you in the door and the show starts at 9 30 alternatively get away from it all and head to the rocheport general store to hear ina cook in concert at 8pm or you can head to Ararock where Souvenir is in its second and final weekend and their show starts at 8pm tonight and tomorrow and they have matinees at 2pm also tomorrow and on Sunday and tickets for that show are $39. Saturday is the big annual Midmo Pride Fest at Rose Music Hall with a whole afternoon and evening of music and entertainment. Catch performances by The Chorus, Violet and the Undercurrents, The Blue Janes, Vigilant Thieves and The Adaptation. The event is free family friendly and includes entertainment food vendors and information on community organizations the show kicks off at 1 p.m and the pride royalty component of the evening kicks off about 6 30. saturday is also the big opening day for columbia's new bookstore skylark books which opens at 22 south 9th street which is where muse clothing used to be Saturday night, head to the Blue Note for an all-white affair, an evening of hip-hop and R&B hosted by Rashida from Love and Hip Hop ATL. Maybe that means Atlanta. Wear your best white outfit for an evening of live performances. Tickets are $30 on the door and the party starts at 10. Or if you want to continue the Pride Party, make your way to the Yin Yang Club at 10 p.m. for the official Pride Fest after party hosted by Kansas City's drag queen Flo. 
Sunday afternoon, Cody Percival plays live at the Station House at Catfish Caters from 2 till 4. Next Wednesday, the 29th, the Office of Cultural Affairs holds their annual Celebration of the Arts Party with the unveiling of the 2018 annual commemorative poster, which was created this year by Roy F. Fox, and it's entitled Diner by Night. The party takes place at All Street Studios from 6.30 till 9, and tickets cost from $50. The event is a fundraiser for the Columbia Arts Fund, which supports local arts and cultural organisations. And while you're there, you can also check out the new show that opens next Wednesday at All Street Studios, which is linked to the Daniel Regional Boone One Read Programme. Also next Wednesday, Rose Park teams up with the Central Missouri Humane Society for an adoption event and a screening of the film Best in Show. The event starts at 7 with the movie screened once it gets dark. Admission is free. On Thursday, the George Caleb Bingham Gallery opens a new show called Iterations, a show of selected works by the late Jerry Bernesh with a curator's talk between 4.30 and 6.30 and that show continues through September. Next Thursday also sees the opening night for the last in Maplewood Barnes summer season of theatre. Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Suicide Club starts at 8pm and tickets are 10. And finally, Rose Music Hall's monthly Pints and Punchlines comedy showcase is back next Thursday. Catch the show at 9pm for a $2 entry fee. You've been listening to Speaking of the Arts on 89.5 FM KOPN Columbia with me, Diana Moxon, and my good friend, Mike Hagen, doing the engineering. We'll be back next week with more news, views, and interviews about the arts in mid-Missouri. Stay arty, Columbia.